This is episode number 473, Five Boundary Mistakes That Sabotage Love. Hi, everybody. It's Sandy Weiner, and welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to have the love and life you want. Today's episode is a little bit different. It's part of the How to Actually Feel Worthy in Love podcast tour. I was honored that Veronica Grant, who's a former guest on this podcast, asked me to participate. Every single day from October 4th through the 19th, the tour is going to feature an episode from a a variety of fantastic podcasts, like The Dating Den with Marty Batista and Ken Page's Deeper Dating Podcast. The topic is how to feel more worthy in love. Veronica has specially curated these podcasts to ensure that you get the most actionable support to help you feel more worthy in love. Yesterday's episode was at the Love Life Connection podcast with Veronica Grant, and tomorrow's episode is the Love and Life podcast with Dr. Karen Anderson Abrell. And today, it's right here at Last First Date Radio. If you want to register for the whole tour so you can listen to all the podcasts, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour. And now for my special guest today, her name is Teresa Byrne, and she is a very special person. We have worked together many times, and I brought her here because she is an expert on this topic. She is an inner power expert, a fourth degree black belt, a master instructor, and a certified positive intelligence coach. She teaches people how to change their physiology and mitigate their stress response in just three seconds by using their inner power. Ariana Huffington chose Teresa's 2019 TED Talk as one of the top 10 most meaningful TED Talks. Pretty impressive, right? Well, that's why I reached out to her to co-lead our comprehensive eight-week boundaries course called Boundaries for Beautiful Relationships, which we have offered several times. And we have repurposed the content for the upcoming Boundary University, which is a one-stop shop for all your boundary needs. I'm really excited to have Teresa on the show today to talk with me about the top five boundary mistakes that sabotage love and what you can do to stop making those mistakes on your journey to your last first date. Hey, Teresa. Hey, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, always a pleasure to be interviewed by someone that you uh, love, admire, and already work with. (laughs) Well, we had our very first connection on Last First Date Radio. We, I brought you in as a guest, and from there we did a book together, an ebook, which you were like, let's take this content and publish it. And Teresa's great at, let's get this stuff out there because it is so important. And then the Boundaries course was such a hit, and I'm excited to bring Boundaries to this new group and this new community here. So why are you so passionate about Boundaries, Teresa? Uh. Okay, so I often say boundaries are everything and not just because I have seen the value of them. You've seen the value of them in our lives, but in all the lives of the people that we work with. Uh, For example, I am a master instructor. I'm a self-defense coach. And I work with people when they are in actual physical danger. And what keeps them safe? Boundaries. And it's the same thing that keeps us safe in relationships, um, at work, uh, and any kind of interaction with human beings. It's all about the boundaries. But we both, there's a, there's a lot of catchphrases around the word boundaries and being able to share it uh, loudly and widely can really help shift people's understanding of what it is. We're often taught 
that it's, it's all the no, no to this, no to that person, no here, no there, no everywhere. Well, it's so much deeper than that. It's so much bigger than that. You know, so true. And I think people really are confused. What are boundaries? How do I set them? Is it mean? And we're going to talk about all of that in a little bit. But let's start with boundaries and dating, because I, I find that people are really scared to set boundaries, especially early on. So what is important about setting boundaries and dating? The first mm. thing I like to explain or kind of um, help unfold or unpack for people is that boundaries can be bridges. So typically you're taught a boundary is where you say no to someone else, or you say that won't work for me, or I'm not okay with that. Well, that's only one aspect. In dating, boundaries can help you learn who someone else is. It can connect you to that other person. For example, if you're dating and you happen to, oh, I don't know, be gluten-free, that's me. Um, when I say, hey, yeah, I'd love to meet you for dinner, but I'm also gluten-free. If someone listens to that, it shows me that they respect me and then they're listening to me. The other way I like to explain about boundaries in dating and in life is I have a little ditty, a little rap. Boundaries, what you do and what you don't and what you will and what you won't. And if I'm dating somebody, it helps me understand they love this kind of music. They love this kind of food. They don't like that. They enjoy this. It helps me understand more about who they are. Um, and I don't mean like create the edges in an edgy hard way, but like create your understanding of somebody. A boundary is like around a map. So you know that you're in a different country or you know where you are. And boundaries help us understand where we are with each other. It's so true. And I, I just got off a client call just probably about an hour before this. And she was struggling with her needs, thinking they were needy. And so her needs are not being met in the relationship and they were emotional needs. And it's really hard to talk about those things. They're vulnerable. And especially if you're in a dating situation, that's where we feel the most vulnerable. So what I was speaking to her about is if you don't say what you need, he'll never be able to meet those needs because he'll think you're, you're happy. He'll think that everything's fine. Everything is going along fine. Fine is one of my least favorite words. <laughs> Um, so when people know they need to set a boundary, just like with this woman, what, what usually happens? Well, think about it this way. No one likes conflict. Well, most of us don't like conflict. And if you do, there's a whole other course for you on that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> when we think, when we think about asking for what we want or what we need, and they are, they can be two different things. When we think about asking, it puts us in a vulnerable position and it creates potential conflict. What do our bodies do in conflict? We get adrenalized, fight, flight, and freeze. And it's not always what you think it is. It might be withholding or shutting down or running away. And so in that moment, your body gets positioned for survival along with your brain. You fumble. You don't know what to say. Your, um, your, uh, your, your words don't come out fluid because you're in a different part of your brain that's all about survival you know, I got to get out of here. Or why do you not say what I think you want, what I want to hear, you know, fight response. We wait too long and we miss the opportunity. Um, and then we'll suppress it and hold it down. So let's say you need to set a boundary. This is a sign, an internal sign for you, not for the world, not for anyone else. This is a sign for you to be able to ask for what you want. And if you suppress it, 
It will not go well. It won't come out pretty, but you might explode in anger or you might get overwhelmed. You might not feel seen or heard or respected. And part of freezing or fleeing is that we shut down. We end up avoiding talking, speaking up, asking for what we want. And then we reserve the right to get mad if we don't get it. So when we usually need to set a boundary, we don't because we're not sure what to do. So we kind of let it go. And it comes right back up. <laughs> and it ain't pretty. No, I, I, I think I heard an analogy once and I'm, I think it was about this kind of thing, but it's like if you take a beach ball and you try to push mm -hmm. it down in a pool and it won't go down, but you know, like if you let the air out, it'll go down. So you've got to, you know, having that beach ball and always trying to push it down, it's going to pop back up. But when you let the air out and you actually speak up, it changes everything. And what it may show you is that that person doesn't respect your boundaries and that's good news too. So, you know, people are so afraid. What will happen if I set a boundary? But, but, you know, boundaries protect us. We have to know what we're protecting first. Like you said, it's like, we have to know what, what our values are. What, what are we keeping safe in here? Because we're going to feel something, mm -hmm. but not setting boundaries actually has a cost. What are some of those things that it costs us, Teresa? I love this question. And I want you to think of it. I want everyone in the world to think of it this way. Boundaries protect your safety, your sanity, and your sacredness. So even if it's just your time and your wants, boundaries will cost us time, energy, money, headspace, sanity, any of the things, um, sleep, <laughs> which is also time. It costs us physical health. It costs us upset stomach or spinning, thinking, overthinking, overanalyzing, analysis paralysis. But let's start with the sanity. So let's say you have, a, you have friends or people in your life that are full of drama or gossip and they pull you in, or you've got complainers or people stuck in a victim kind of thinking where they're blamers, complainers or blainer, blamers. Well, that can just drive you downright batty. Every time you talk to a person, they just complain, complain, complain. You go on a date with a guy and he tells you all about his psycho ex-wife or the women he's <laughs> dated. And I always say, yeah, if everyone you've dated is a psycho, like put yourself in that list because eventually that storyline is going to be completed that way. But setting a boundary can help you stop the drama. It can also say you're on a date and somebody's bringing up a lot about their ex. You can say, wow, it sounds like that was a difficult relationship. I'd like to hear more about where you are now. That was a soft boundary, but it was pretty much like, stop that train. I don't want to hear about the crazy train anymore. <laughs> um, time, how many of us lose time because we're spending a lot of time with the wrong people? Um, you date somebody who's nice, but there's not a connection or they, they, you're not sure if they fulfill your needs or they listen to you and you just continue staying in that relationship or even a work relationship or work situation. You, you'll kind of put up with something if you don't set boundaries. And what does that cost you? It costs you energy. It costs you your aliveness, your ability to feel good and, and um, move forward and grow. And if you could set a boundary or speak up earlier on, it wouldn't cost you. The other one is money. What if not setting boundaries actually costs you money? Imagine that. Imagine that you lend money to people who um, 
don't return it or you go on dates and you don't want to appear a certain way. So you buy all the dinners, you pay for all of the, the coffees. You, I got this on myself. Um, they, this is also another way that we can mm. spend money uh, and we don't think about it. And by being able to speak up in a way that is compassionate or kind, even to yourself, it really saves you that whole sanity and time and money and effort and energy. And that's, it's really all we have, right? Our most valuable resources are energy. And if you're drained, you're not going to be putting out, you're not going to be living your best life. I love that saying, are you living your best life? If you're not setting boundaries, you're not living your best life. No, you're living somebody else's life, actually. Oh, get out of my head <laughs> with the people telling me what life I should live. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I mean, all of these are such great points. I, I think that the money thing, you know, as you were saying that about, yeah, I'll pay for all the dates. So many women will say, let's split the bill and then be pissed off. If you don't like splitting the bill and that, and it's important for you to, for some reason, you know, maybe you want somebody who makes you feel protected or cared for, and that's one way that he can show it to you, then say it in that way, you know, and it's, it's not saying I expect all men to pay for me. You know, we, we have to be careful about what we're protecting. <laughs> you know, I, we had a woman recently who said, I need a man who has a job. And I said, oh, that's one of your must-haves. So what if you meet a man who's retired and he's got a lot of money? You might miss him because you're trying to protect this thing about a man having a job because once you had to protect a man and provide for him. So, you know, so that's the core issue. You don't want to provide for a man. You want a man who could stand on his own. There's a big difference between that and the job. So the, actually this ties into my next question, which are the five boundary mistakes that sabotage love? And we're going to kind of take turns here talking about these. So Teresa, you want to just give the overview and then we can take turns describing each one. Yes. One, not knowing your value. Two, not standing up for whatever's important to you. Three, not paying attention to those early warning signs. Red flags, red flags. <laughs> Four, not knowing your personal boundary imprint. And five, not following through on setting those boundaries. Yeah, so let's go into those. Mistake number one, not knowing your value. So what that looks like is you're not clear about your basic human rights to be valued, cherished, respected. And if you haven't clarified what's important to you in a relationship, you can end up excusing the inexcusable and putting up with disrespect or disconnection. You accept too little and you're always trying to please others. There's that people pleaser again. You become that shapeshifter turning into a chameleon or a pretzel to try to become what somebody else wants and what somebody else needs. And the cost, here's that cost again, is you end up losing yourself. You're exhausted, you're disappointed, you're frustrated, angry, resentful, depressed, and apologizing all the time for something you didn't even do. I mean, you know, I don't know about most of you, but I stayed way too long in relationships because I wasn't clear about what I needed. I didn't think that those things were important enough to protect. Mm. 
I love that. And also I love the uh, really apologetic. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. In our uh, Boundary University, we talk a lot more about when, when it's appropriate to say I'm sorry and it's not all the time. No. Mistake number two is not standing up for what matters to you especially early on in dating. Let's say you want to be the cool girl. You want to be the chill one. You want to be, um, I don't like the word nice because um, it connotates manipulation, but maybe you want to be the nice, you want to be seen as nice. So you don't say anything when something bothers you. They tell an off-color joke. They say something inappropriate. They, they um, are rude to a weight person. Oh, and you're like, I want to be the cool gal. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that woman. So you don't say anything. Um, you play small or you stay quiet or silent, or even I've seen people, and even unfortunately in the past, and, and Sandy and I both use a lot of these from what we've learned in our lives. I have, if I've dated someone who's really busy, I've limited my conversation. You know, I'll only text what's important. I won't text feelings or I'll, I'll censor myself. And that is not standing up for yourself or what matters to you. Um, also not asking for what you need because you don't think it's important or maybe they just can't do it. And so you avoid a conflict or not even a conflict, Sandy. You avoid <laughs> a potential conflict in your head. Like you made up that there was gonna be <laughs> yeah. an argument about this thing. It's not even real. If you're gonna make up something, pick something better. Oh God, the, the stories we make up in our heads. I mean, I, I would say in our Facebook group, Your Last First Date, so many of the conversations that people bring up are conversations in their heads. They didn't really happen. They took something and based on past experiences, they made up a whole story. And so often when we have these conversations, we actually find out the truth because we come in with curiosity, not with a whole preset idea with the story of what actually happened we find out what really is true. And that makes such a difference because we have the courage to set a boundary and speak up. And it means bringing up hard topics too, yes. right? Like exact, instead of making it up in your head, as you just said, you bring up a tough thing and then you learn where someone really is or isn't. Yeah, and sometimes it's it's really your own insecurity and that's okay too, like to find out, hey, I, I didn't mean anything. Oh, so so that was something in my head. I'm gonna have to work on that. It's the story good. I'm telling myself, the yes. story I'm telling myself. <laughs> no, I did not make that up. The Brene no. Brown, the illustrious Brene, Brene Brown. Brown. Yes, she definitely did. So the next mistake, mistake number three, is not paying attention to those early warning signs. And what that looks like is that early on in dating, there's a red flag that pops up and you just push it down. Because let's say the guy is fun and fun to talk to and super good looking and the sex is great so the fact that he's mean to the wait staff <laughs> I'm just pulling that one out because you just brought it up but I've had that happen on a first date where it was like guy ignored the wait staff wasn't necessarily mean but dismissive a little bit that's a red flag and so red flags look like somebody who's not accountable you know didn't follow through flaked on you, um, defensive when you bring something up, always too busy to have a relationship with you, but tells you that they love you. Somebody who's critical in any way uh, or controlling or inconsistent or unkind in any way. Those are all really big red flags. So if you notice them, you need to address them. And some of them are just reason to cut, cut 
loosed right away, but some of them are, are reasons to bring something up. Like if a person is late and consistently very late, it can feel very disrespectful to you if you're a person who's on time. And so you're going to want to bring that up and tell them what it feels like when that person is late and ask them if they can be on time or closer to on time, or can they text you when they know they're going to be late, whatever it is you need and see what happens. Um, another thing that red flags look like is blame, blame and shame. <laughs> the two, the two rhyming terrible words, blame and shame. When somebody just talks about what a victim they are and they're just blaming their exes for their lack of money or I was born this way. I was born into a terrible family. I, blah, blah, wow, wow. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, things happen. Look, we've, we've all been through hard times, but what are you doing about it? Blaming others? Mm -mm. Big red flag. One thing I always say is if everything is someone else's fault, it'll never change because the power is always outside of you. So think about that yeah. when you're listening to somebody. Mm. The fourth one is not knowing your own personal boundary imprint. Well, what does that mean? In the course, we go a lot into this um, in Boundary University. But basically, um, we have created patterns of the way that we handle our boundaries. And they're based on family, culture, um, we can, we can have things that are like, um, we are used to codependent behaviors and that makes sense to us. We come from a really angry family or a, a family where you use a lot of your hands and <laughs> we create these sort of patterns that are archetypes and your boundary archetype, um, might be people pleaser. You mentioned that already. Um, you might know people that are victim. You might know people that are dramatic drama queens. Uh, and these are archetypes that don't necessarily help you. Uh, and we cover a lot of this in our course, but being able to identify your family or your personal boundary imprint can help you change it. Because if it's living around in the background, it's not going to get changed. So oftentimes when we are not clear on something, it's almost as if I don't know why it doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't work. You know, all men are this. Well, you believe that because you have a limiting belief set. Um, oftentimes we also see people with what we call a compromised boundary with compromised boundary syndrome. And this is a term that we use to describe a pattern of behavior as a reaction to stress or conflict where, you know, you need to do something different, but you don't, you compromise your own boundary. You compromise your own self as a stress reaction. Imagine like you are someone who doesn't believe you can depend on other people because that's how you were raised. Well, so instead of ever asking for help, you just try to do anything, everything yourself and you get exhausted. That is a compromised boundary syndrome. And many of us have it. What does it feel like? Drained, uh, exhausted, angry, um, triggered, upset. Uh, you get upset at yourself and others, um, people disappoint you a lot. You wish that you can control things, but you can't. Oh wait, that's just me, just kidding. I think that's a lot of us. Um, <laughs> but you also, uh, you know you need or, or want to set a boundary, but you don't do it. Uh, examples all over the place. You see some red flags and you're used to men being a certain way. Oh, that's just men being men. So you don't say anything. Uh, in my past, I had dated a stalker and the stalker, well, he, he wasn't stalking me when I dated him. I dated a man and the behaviors were just weird. So many red flags. So I ended the relationship and then 
um, he became a, a stalker and I needed to set my boundaries. And one of them was, if you continue to contact me, I'm I'm filing a restraining order. Now that flew in the face of how I was raised, which is you turn the other cheek, you're always kind. Um, you must help other people. You are there on the planet to help guide and teach others. But no, I am not on the planet for the guy that's calling me 50 times a day and starts at 2 a.m. and or 5 a.m. No, no to that. And and realistically, even if you grew up in a family where there was toxicity or um, harm or emotional or physical or mental abuse, there is no excuse for abuse now. You are sovereign and you have the ability to say no and stop. This isn't for me. These skills can all be taught no matter where you come from. I so agree with that. And, and most of us don't come from families where everybody spoke up clearly and kindly and set boundaries. I mean, I boundaries were one of the biggest life lessons I needed to learn because of how I grew up and because of who I married uh, and because of some of my children. You know, boundaries were stepped on over and over and over. And I was feeling all those things, exhausted, depleted, angry, reactive. And I kept saying, okay, boundaries, thank you universe for sending me this message. Once again, I need to set clearer boundaries. And once you do, it's, it's life-changing because you're, you reclaim your sovereignty. You reclaim who you are, what you need. And so let's get to mistake number five, which is the not following through on your boundary. What happens is once we start setting boundaries, we often, like we get that clarity. I need to set a boundary like I had. Okay, boundaries, boundaries. But then they kept slipping because I wasn't following through. I didn't know how. So somebody's gonna ignore your boundary after you set it, even though they said that they respect it. Somebody's gonna push back and you don't know what to do. So you, you get exhausted, you get run down. And this happens a lot in abusive relationships where you know, I spoke up and I said, you can't treat me that way, but he continued to do that and I continued to stay. And I'm not blaming or shaming, we don't know what to do. That's why we're talking about this because it has to be spoken about. How do we follow through on boundaries? So let's say we set a boundary about the time that a guy can call you until. This, this comes up a lot in dating where somebody will get a call at 11 o'clock at night for the first call. And it's like, wait, what? Oh, why is somebody calling me at 11 o'clock at night or texting you super late? And he keeps calling you later and later and you answer the phone, but you're pissed off. This happened... Just last night, I was talking to someone who had this issue at work. Somebody's texting her on her time off, her supervisor. And she thinks it's urgent, so she picks up. And then she ruins her whole weekend. So she needs to set that boundary so that the person can only text her if it's an emergency. And somehow communicate that so she knows if you're texting me and it's not an emergency, I'm not going to answer that. And so following through on a boundary with how late a person can call you, and I know Teresa does this, is to, first of all, tell a person, I only pick up calls until a certain time. You know, you can call me until nine, otherwise I'm, I'm putting my phone down. You can put your phone on do not disturb. I do that every single night. I, I had clients who used to get so angry that a man would wake them up. My daughter would get angry when, when her father would call her too early in the morning. I'm like, why is your phone not set to do not disturb? You're, you're not setting the boundary. So 
we can protect what we can, but we can also say to someone, can you please call me only until this time? And I would love to talk to you, but I can't get on a call past nine o'clock. It's just too late for me. And then we see how somebody is. And if somebody keeps pushing a boundary, we have choices to make. So we, we, we really teach how to script these things in course number six in Boundary University, because often we don't have the words. We just draw a blank or we feel it's mean. We feel it's a wall we're putting up. This episode is brought to you by Stello Mints. As a dating and relationship coach, I see how anxiety and stress can sometimes sabotage people's success in their romantic lives. If you have been feeling more anxious lately, that's exactly what Stello Mints were made for. Powered by CBD, Stello Mints are a fast and simple way to feel more calm and clear-minded throughout your day and especially before a date with someone you like. They come in three bold flavors, peppermint, lemon, and matcha. I got the lemon and they are delicious. And now for a limited time, you can get a free sample of Stello Mints. Just go to stellomints.com and use the code LASTFIRSTDATE, all one word, and your order is going to be converted to a free sample. That's Stello, S-T-E-L-L-O, Mints, coupon code last first date all one word for a free sample and now back to the podcast if not setting boundaries is part of what's driving you nuts then you need to learn how to do it and we cover that in boundary university in several of the different courses and so we talked about five different ways um, that don't work but what about the opposite what are five ways that do work and we go into a lot more depth at boundary university but Think about it like preemptive boundary setting. You kind of set it and forget it. You set it ahead of time. And like Sandy was talking about the time thing, I shut down electronics at nine o'clock. And if someone is texting me after that, I will not get it until the morning. Or if they're calling, I won't get it. My, my phone's on airplane or it's, it's in another room charging. And I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. Um, imagine being able to say, this is who I am. And this is how things work best for me ahead of time. Instead of, Boy, what is that? What do I do with this guy? What do I do with that guy? What do I do with this guy? Do I want to kiss on the first date? Do I want this? Do I want that? Am I a hugger on the first day? Who am I? And instead of it driving you crazy, imagine that you can create it for yourself. And by doing that, we help you learn what works and what doesn't work. And we can look at your past history to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And then you can develop a life full of the things that work for you. Um, you can adjust your expectations for yourself and others versus the idea that you're going to hope, pray, or want somebody to be different or yourself. Imagine using all of this old information, this past experience to help guide you forward into the life that you want, living your best life. So what do solid boundaries look like? Well, first, standing up, uh, well, knowing your value. Second, standing up for what's important to you. Third, Paying attention to all warning signs, early, middle, and late. <laughs> Fourth, knowing your boundary imprint. How did you grow up? What's your archetype? And five, following through on your boundaries using agreements with yourself and others. Mm. It frees you. You know, this whole podcast tour is about feeling worthy in love. To know your worth and love, you have to first know your own worth. 
And that's why step number one is to know your value because you can't protect your worth if you don't know what it is and you don't know how you want to be. So setting boundaries in dating really helps you to date with less stress and more ease. It helps you to get the respect you deserve and have more energy, stop absorbing other people's energy and bad behaviors. It helps you to feel understood and be loved for who you authentically are, not some pretzel-shaped person who just has twisted yourself so much you don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> Ooh, pretzel! I'm the understanding pretzel! <laughs> We're going to do a whole line of pretzels based on boundaries. The chocolate-covered pretzel. And the pleasing pretzel. The pleasing pretzel. The codependent pretzel. Oh. <laughs> With boundaries, you're going to have healthy, functional, and mutual relationships because often it's just one-sided. Well, you know, my needs are not met, but theirs are. That doesn't work for very long. Right, Teresa? Oh, man. <laughs> if, you, if you have needs and you pretend they don't exist, um, I mean, it would be like a flower. A flower. You're a flower. A flower pretending it didn't need. I'm fine. I don't need water. I don't need sunshine. Maybe if you have a little water left over, I'll take some water. No, you, you need what you need. You want what you want. And that's okay. Yes. Own it. Own it. Yeah. So we have given a, an overview of some of the most common mistakes that we've seen in our practices um, that sabotage love. And let's be honest, sabotage your sanity and your energy as well. So we have shared some of what's possible to help you set clear boundaries. But this is just a small smidgen of a part. Boundary <laughs> University is big and full and it will cover all kinds of things. People pleasing, um, setting boundaries with difficult people, toxic relationships. Anybody know, have been in toxic relationships, how to heal from that, how to be your authentic and highest self. And if you want to get on the early bird wait list before if you're an early adopter, before <laughs> BoundaryUniversity.com goes live, uh, just go to BoundaryUniversity.com and you can enter your email and you will be alerted to when things are open. And as you can see, Teresa and I are so passionate about this topic and we love to talk about it. We've talked about it at every opportunity. And we know that to feel worthy in love, you really do need to set boundaries. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To hear the rest of the podcast in this podcast tour, sign up now at veronicagrant.com forward slash pod tour. Thank you for listening to Last First Date Radio. And if you love our show, please rate and review us, subscribe, share it with a friend, because this is how we continue to grow and great get great guests like Teresa. And as always, here's to your last, last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.